If you are looking to your king, know this. He is running alongside you. He has run the race ahead of you and your God has it in hand. He is looking to strengthen your soul. Are you in? Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you, man. We are fired up to be going after Jesus Christ with all we've got. So glad you've joined us here in person. Glad you're joining us online. May we continue to make much of Jesus Christ. He alone is our hope. And all of God's people said... Man, man, our passion as we move into this fall is that Jesus would be our passion. Like that's our hunger. We're walking through the book of Hebrews and now we're up to the last two chapters. Hebrews chapters 12 and 13. The series here is called Greater, Jesus, My Passion. That's what we're going after as we close out the book of Hebrews. Starting up this ministry year, we just want to bring this study to a close, seeing Jesus Christ, the one who is greater. Hear me, man. Jesus, he is our lamb sacrifice. He is the son of God. He is our great high priest. He has done all that we need done. He is caring for us on a moment-by-moment basis, and he has eternity managed. So simple question. So how should we be living for him then? How do we go after that? That's what Hebrews chapters 12 and 13 is covering. What does it look like to respond to this God in passionate worship? All right. So we're going to be going through the book of Hebrews, closing it out, chapters 12 and 13. But I just kind of want to give you a lay of the land here. All right. So this year is a year for this church to be going after fervency, resolve, Like it's time to be leaning in and getting engaged. Maybe the word is again for some of you where the last couple years has pulled you back a little. It's time to be leaning in with Jesus Christ. Fervency, resolve, hunger, passion. That's what we're going after. So we're going to be walking through the book of Hebrews, uh, closing up here, these two chapters. And then the rest of the year, ministry year, we're going to do a Christmas series, Easter series. But we're going after the book of Revelation. All right? So we're going to... Yeah, amen to that. So we're bringing the book of Revelation in. We've been working hard on it all summer. I've got a whole booklet written up, kind of a guide that we're going to go through on a study that's going to be February, March, digging in on Wednesday nights as well. But we're going to be walking through the book of Revelation, making sense of what God has coming. That's where we're going. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Are you ready for resolve? Are you ready for fervency? Man, that's where we're headed. No toying around, time to lean in. And all of God's people said, here we go, man. So that said, do me a favor, turn with me if you will to Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse one. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse one. And as we get going here, point number one, run the race of worship well. Eyes fixed on Jesus. Sin set aside, heart focused on endurance. Run the race of worship well. Eyes fixed on Jesus. Just like the song got done saying here, man, set your eyes on Jesus and run hard. That's how this passage starts out. That's the first point. So let's dive in. He starts out, he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We'll just hold right there. He says, therefore, 
And when we see the word therefore, we say, now, what is that word there for? It is a connecting word, right? And it's connecting us back into all of Hebrews 11, this massive statement of faith and how each of those who was running after their God with faith was able to impact the world and was able to impact their own soul and those right around them. May we go after it and even recognizing that it can come with a cost. Are we ready to lean in even if there's cost? Are we ready to be going after worshiping our God and praising him when the going gets tough, right? That's the end of Hebrews 11 there. And he says, therefore, so he's now talking to a running well. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I'm just gonna tell you there's a lot of talk about this phrase and I wanna be a little careful with it. Some will say, well, I think this means that all those that were talked about in Hebrews 11 and all the saved that are in heaven are kind of watching in. They're like the fans at the stadium and we're the ones running the race. And I get why they're saying it. You can see the metaphor there. I understand what they're trying to do with it. But just so we're super clear, the mainline point of the word witness there is that they were witnessing about Jesus Christ as they ran. That is the main point that they were runners. Maybe here's the best way to see the illustrate. Not they're the fans, we're the runners, but this is a relay race and they ran legs one and two and we're running leg three. You hearing what I'm saying? Like we're in the relay race, we're going after it, we're running hard with Jesus Christ and for Jesus Christ, just as they had prior run for God and run for the Messiah and making much of him. Now it may even imply that there's somehow they're being able to see in on what's going on, but know this, the first and second legs have been run and the word is not done. The end of Hebrews 11 says, man, we get to close this up. We get to bring some close to that. The church age is bringing to an end the celebration of Jesus Christ. And as that all comes to a close, then Jesus Christ comes again. And man, as he comes into this place, storming in, we get to bring that to a close as the church in the church age making much of Jesus Christ. Are you ready to run that race well? That's what he's talking about. Man, we're in a partnered relay race along the way. The ones in Hebrews 11 has gone before, maybe even seeing what's going on here. But man, they're not just passive fans sitting by. They're a part of the legs of the journey, all right? It says, and let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so easily. Let us lay aside every weight and sin. Everybody say, and. Okay, so all too often we kind of read that quickly and you may even start to think weight or sin, you know, like they're both the same and they're not the same. Like when he's talking about sin, he's talking about the decisions that we make, the things we let our heart get involved in, the stuff that we know we shouldn't be about that actually is against the righteousness of God. It tears down ourself. It's just bad we're involved in it. That's the end of it. It's clearly wrong, it's sin. And everybody knows that sin has a cost, right? It can bring consequences. It can bring more than consequences. It can actually start to mess up our own soul. It can start to mess our own worship up. We start to get a little jaded. We start to get a little bent. We start to get a little sensitive, whatever other things going on. We may start to see God in a wrong light. Man, sin can so devastate our soul. We've got to be willing to set down the sin. If we're going to talk about running hard and running with resolve, please hear me. Sin set aside. 
Like it too easily entangles, it clings so closely, but it also says every weight. Well, what's the difference between a weight and a sin, right? The weight are the ideas of things like general concerns, responsibilities in your life, but you're letting them well up. Maybe you're letting a responsibility kind of affect you and even the concerns kind of affect you and you're starting to take on more than you should take on and the weight is starting to press you down. Or even maybe there's some concerns that are turning into fears. We're letting it drift back over onto the sin side. It starts with a reasonable thought about things, but it drifts me back over to not trusting in my God. And all of a sudden we're faltering again. Weights that can so easily lead to sin. Weights that can so easily lead to dragging me down. Man, the stuff of this world washing on your shore. My request to you is please be careful what you're turning on and listening to. Please be careful what you're reading. Those can quickly move from information to weight. Just be careful. Be wise to what you're going after. Be wise to how you're handling it. May God get the glory. If your worship is beginning to falter, if you are primarily defined by anger, not celebration of your God, you have too much weight watching going on. You hear what I'm saying? We're beginning to look at all the things that weigh us down and it just starts to tear us up. Be careful of the weights. Be careful of the sin. He says the sin which clings so easily. Picture a guy getting ready for a relay race. And as he lines up, man, you can see the cut in his arms. You can tell this guy is like built, right? But he's wearing giant baggy coveralls. And you're like, that dude's a moron. Like this race isn't going to go well, man. And all too often, that's how we run. We put on these big baggy clothes and underneath we may be prepped and ready, but what we're going after is just really going to drag us down. He's like, be careful, set aside the stuff that so easily entangles and drags you down the coveralls that are going over your shoe and you trip going around the first turn and none of that. May God get all the glory. Clearly a metaphor as he's talking and he's calling us to getting real with our God, fervency and resolve as we go. He says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run. Now, in other places, uh, we see in Scripture the word walk, right? And walk, it's about a journey. It's about learning along a path. It's about progressing from one place to another. And that's a part of our Christian life is the walk uh, with Christ. But here he's talking about the run, He's talking about leaning in. He's talking about it taking a little bit of effort. All too often when we think of a walk, right? If you're like, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. It sounds more like a stroll. You know what I'm saying? And, And we can walk. There's some of you who walk. Like, I can't walk like you walk. The power walking plan, right? Where you're walking along so fast you cut a sweat. I'm like, I thought that wasn't the point of the walk. I thought... Right? You're getting after it together. And the reality is he's like, run. Run with all you have. Go after it. Fully engaged, making total energy spend. He says, run the race that is set before us. And uh, let's just say, emphasize the word us. Run the race that is set before us. Everybody just say us. Right? He's just gotten done talking about Hebrews 11, and he's talking about the race that was set before them, 
and the race that they ran in faith and how they followed through. And now he's like, here's the race that is set before us and our calling and our job as we run hard after Christ. May God get all the glory, all right? Super fired up about whatever God places in front of you to be able to handle it well. Don't falter. Don't trip. Don't get caught up in weight or even sin. Get ready to run. Get ready to take a hit and get ready to stand in there with your God. To run the race that is set before us, it says, with endurance. With endurance. I don't know about you guys, but if your running endurance is anything like mine, you start out and you're like, this is going to be awesome. And three houses down, you're like, what was I thinking? (laughs) And you're like, I think I need to get a little drink. Maybe I should stop and just walk back, right? Endurance, it's not something that's just there. It's something that does get built up. It's something that happens over time as we do that consistent exercise, as we lean in to start out the run for the first time and get two houses down and go, this is hard, I quit. Like that's not gonna deliver endurance ever, right? The endurance in the running of the Christian walk, it means as we lean in, we understand it's gonna be a little tough and there's gonna be times where it's gonna be difficult and it's gonna take some resolve and it's gonna cause us to have to dig deep. And as God does a changing work in us, as God gives us perspective we needed to have, as God teaches us to forgive or to release or to stop some sin or whatever, all of a sudden we get a little more endurance and a little lighter clothing and it's a little easier to run. And he's like, let me work with you to build your endurance. Let's run with Christ. Man, as we go into this new ministry year, don't measure how easy or hard it is right now to just get going. It's time to say, I'm going to go, Lord, shape the endurance in me. I'm getting ready to lean in, God, all for your glory. Here we go, right? To run with endurance. He says, looking to Jesus, right? The runner, the best runners, when they line up and run, are looking to the finish line. They are running fully fixed on where they are headed. Have you ever seen a runner running who's like just looking around as they're lollygagging along? You're like, that guy has no chance of winning. He's just looking around. He's just, oh, look at what that guy's wearing in the third row. That's really nice. Somebody's just going to plow right past, right? You're not running with endurance, eyes focused forward. He's like, fix your eyes forward. By the way, that's on the king of the universe. His name is Jesus Christ. May we be focused on all that he is. May we grasp that he has died and risen, that he has a plan. He is bringing this world to a close and he is coming again. He is King of Kings, Jesus Christ. May we run hard, eyes fixed on him. All too often we run with our eyes fixed on the annoyances of life. You know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden they become the weights and we're starting to look around and we're not focused and running forward. He's like, look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. I love how the King James says it, the author and perfecter of our faith. Like our faith is a gift from God in itself. As he's shaped our lives, as regenerated souls, as he's giving us hope and we have this faith kind of started up in him. It's got purpose because of him. Started at the cross, started in me. He is the initiator of our faith and the perfecter and the grower of our faith. Like as we are weak and need endurance, Lord God, please help me 
that brings a smile to his face. Picture Jesus a little bit like the coach. And you're like, Lord, I need help. I'm struggling with this. You want the input of the one who knows how to run it. Remember, he has run the race ahead of us and he knows all about it. Lord God, I'm leaning on you and I'm counting on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. It says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. For the joy set before him. Imagine Christ being nailed to the cross and as the nails are drilled in, as the blood is running down, as the pain is searing, as he can barely grasp a breath, would you use the word joy there? Like clearly he is not focusing on the weight of that moment. He is not. He is focusing on the result after. He is focusing on the gift that impacts our lives, that you and me, we can set down our sin and say, Lord God, please forgive me, I am done. I run with you, you're my savior. And he forgives that sin, he releases, he shapes within our soul, he ignites us, and he's taking us home to eternity. That's salvation. He's like, that's what I'm dying for. He has a joy in you coming home to heaven forever. Joy. And he's willing to go to the cross for it. That's our God. He says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, seeing you saved, you in heaven. It says, despising the shame. Have you ever wondered what that meant? And there's shame in going to the cross. The ones who were crucified were the worst of the worsts. They were the lowest of the criminals. They were the most wrong. It said something about their lack of character and their lack of being a good human being in this world. That's why they were at the cross. And then more than that, not only was it the implication, which was all false about Jesus Christ. Everybody say false. It just wasn't true about him at all. But on top of that, not only is he carrying false accusation, then he's carrying our accusations. As he goes to the cross, our sin on him. Him taking those painful breaths for my sin. For my brokenness. For your sin. And he's like, that is nothing. I take it gladly. Let's do this. Jesus Christ, for you and for me. For those of you who need a little tougher analogy to it, just think Rocky Three. right? It's an era thing probably, but think Rocky Three when he's with Mr. T and Mr. T starts slugging him and he's like, ain't so bad, it ain't so bad, it ain't so bad. And he puts his hand on his head and he's like, you ain't nothing. That's what Jesus Christ is doing in the face of this pain. He is taking it on and he is saying, listen, this is nothing. I am in for the eternal run. I am in. Are you in with Christ? Are you ready to run with that fervency, with that resolve? Are you ready to go after worshiping your Christ and serving your Christ because he has done that for you? Are you in? Man, running with resolve, it is everything. It says, and Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He has ascended into heaven and he is seated. Job done. He paid the price. He is risen. It's over. We have forgiveness capable now. Do you know this, God? We are called to run with endurance with the one who has already run the race. He has run in this world and he did not falter in sin, perfect in every way. And now we're being called to run the race and he is our God and he is our savior and he is our coach. This is our King, Jesus Christ, as we're being called to run. Are you in? You know, I remember a number of years back, um, Jana was a big runner, uh, loved doing triathlons, loved doing marathons. That's been curtailed a bit with some of the pain in the Achilles, but she ran decades of triathlons and marathons. And uh, I remember we were at one of the triathlons. I used to take the girls when they were little and uh, Jana would go over early and get set and get her number and she'd be doing the race and we'd line up in different spots and kind of race around just to cheer her on. And uh, part of the goal was to be at a spot where she may need a little bit of encouragement and be able to cheer and be there for in the midst of it. And the other part of the goal was to have donuts. So, so we're eating donuts and we got chocolate all over our mouths and our, our mom and our wife runs by and we're like, go for it, baby, you can do it. And donuts are all, we were like the worst triathlon representatives possible. But I remember we were in downtown Naperville with some donuts in our faces as Jonah, 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 as Jonah was, <laughs> sorry, babe, love you. As Jonah was running by, And uh, the first time she passed by, she was doing so well. She always had a stride, a strength about her as she was running. And uh, she won most of them in her age ranges as she was running. And, And so she's running by. The next time she's running by, there's somebody running beside her. And this person was just in this fluid stride. I can't even explain it. Just, I mean, mean, cut bodied and just running smooth and is talking to her as they're running and talking to her about something. And they're talking back and forth as they run past. And I'm like, I don't know that person. I wonder who that is. So as they ran to the completion, I walked up and John and I were talking a bit afterwards. I said, who are you talking to? And she said, you won't believe this. That person I was talking to, that's an Olympic silver medalist. She came to run here in Naperville. So she ran the whole race, finished, and thought, maybe I'll go back around and encourage people. So she ran all the way back around and started catching up with people she could help. (laughs) She runs alongside John and she's like, hey, you can do a little of this with your foot position. If you land a little more like this, you can get a little more easy stride. There you go. Yeah, more like that, like that. Dude, hear me. That's Jesus Christ with us. Are you hearing that? He's already run the race. He's lapped around and he's coming alongside. A little more like this. There you go. A little less like that. Now you got it down. Start leaning in. You're going to get this. That is Christ with us. He's like, run the race with endurance and purpose. Run alongside your Savior. Eyes fixed forward on your Savior. Know that Jesus Christ has it in hand. And all of God's people said... That's our call. So here's the deal. Let's just take a moment as we get started on this ministry year, the, go- the moment of resolve. Let's just take a moment to celebrate our Savior, all right? Let's just take a moment to reflect on who He is and to celebrate all that He's done. So you should have communion cup there. Uh, you should have gotten that when you came in. Just go ahead and grab that. And communion is a sweet, sweet way for us to remember. 
It's a sweet way for us to celebrate that we are saved. And maybe you came in today and you're like, dude, I'm not even sure what I think about Jesus Christ. Then just take a moment during this time. You don't have to take the, the cup, the bread and the drink and just take a moment. Just take a prayerful moment. Maybe this is a moment where you're handing your life to your God for the first time. Just do that. Say, Lord, I'm done with sin. I'm running with you. I'm in. But if you have trusted Christ as Savior, then this is for you. So let's just go to prayer for a minute or two here in reflection and celebration and praise. And then we're going to take the bread and the drink together, all right? So let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We are stunned with how you run for us. You are awesome. Lord Jesus, we worship you now. And just right where you are, praising him that he is perfect, sinless. Just praise him that he has run the race to perfection ahead of us. Thank him that he has died on the cross, his blood covering our sin. We can have forgiveness. Praise God. Lord, thank you for your victory in this world. And now, just getting real with your God, breathing out a little, Lord, I'm laying down this sin, I'm laying down this weight. This stuff has been tearing me up. I'm ready to run with you. And be specific. What sin are you wrestling with? Things that you know need to go. Maybe it's sin of this morning. Words that were said, actions that were taken, thoughts that you had. Maybe it's this past week, month, year. Lord, I'm setting this sin down. I'm done with it. Please forgive me. And just getting real with your God. Lord, I hand you this sin. Be specific. Even, Lord, I hand you this weight. These are the distractions that are getting the better of me. Lord, I'm setting these in your lap, not mine. I'm ready to lean in and run with you. Please take this weight and sin. And now just one more celebration. And Lord, thank you that you've already run the race and that you are my hope. I'm leaning on you. You are my God and my Savior. Just handing your life to him as you lean in. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can have endurance because of you, that we can have faith because of you, that we can have forgiveness because of you, that you've run the race before us and you are willing to run alongside of us. Thank you, Lord. So we praise you and we hand our lives to you in the amazing 
glorious name of Jesus, I pray these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. You know, Jesus, as he stood with the disciples, he took the bread. You can go ahead and take that now. With where you're at, just lift it up. He lifted it up and he said, This, this is my body broken for you. Here's what he was saying. There is no way for forgiveness and no way to run the race that leads to eternity without this, and I'm giving it. I know the shame that is coming, and I'm taking it on right now. Your sin on me, and I'm in. This is my body, broken for you. Take and eat. And he took his drink. And he said, this is my cup, my blood poured out for you. Jesus knew exactly what was required for the forgiveness of sins. His lamb's perfect blood. Him for me. Everybody just say him for me. That's our hope. And so as we run this race, and this isn't some legalistic race where we try to just keep ourselves in check. We are running alongside of the God of the universe who is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the coach. He's already run the race. And it's his blood who has covered our sin. Take and drink. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are our example, that you are our hope, that you are our God, that you are our king, that you are our coach, and that you run alongside of us. We love you, Lord. We praise you. It's in the amazing name of Jesus we hand our lives to you now. Amen. Amen, man. It's a great way to get the year started. It's a great focus on Jesus Christ. May we see him as King of kings and Lord of lords. Point number two, make Jesus your model and celebrate that you are a child of God. Make Jesus your model and celebrate that you are a child of God. It says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Like, I'm not sure if you've actually considered the amount of hatred Jesus had to take on as he went to the cross. That's part of the shame that was just being alluded to. The hatred that was being poured on him. Like as people were expecting him to be the king, their hope that was gonna usher in comfort. And instead, well, he was going to the cross and he was dying. There was mocking there was despising by the people as they said he wasn't what he promised to be. Can you imagine that? Have you ever been falsely accused in a way where it tore you down that much? Where it took you to the cross and we had to lose our life over it? Look what he says. Consider him who endured 
from sinners such hostility against himself. This is the one who offered forgiveness instead. He said, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Man, have you found the Christian walk to be tiring, exhausting, wearisome? Well, the statement here is that if we run correctly, eyes fixed on Jesus, him as our focus, power and energy and strength from him into me spent out into this world. Not I make it happen myself, but God doing something in me. My worship of him, him changing me. Running that way, it says, it actually handles the weariness and the faint-heartedness for us. Man, see him. Worship him. Follow him with all you've got. Get ready to lean in because there's going to be moments of tougher run. But Christ with you building endurance. It says so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. I just wrote this down. Man, if your soul is weary, you have been looking at the world and its weights too much. If your soul is growing weary, you have been looking at the world and its weights too much. It's time to look to Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory. He says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. I love this. The author of Hebrews is like, look, man, I know it's been hard. It really hasn't been that hard, guys. Like, you got to consider what Christ went through. Have you yet gone through what he went through? Like, this is a pretty in-your-face challenge from the author of Hebrews to the people at that time. And remember where they were at. We have the Jewish people coming to faith in Christ. We have this massive pressure down from the broader Jewish community and from Rome. There was the diaspora, the sending out of Jews as Christians all over the place because they were under pressure. And he's like, it hasn't been that bad yet. I mean, our walk is nothing compared to theirs. So much easier. And he still had the challenge for them. May we recognize that Jesus Christ has gone to the cross for us and he is our hope. It says, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? He's like, have you forgotten that you are now family? Have you forgotten that you are adopted into a home that you have privilege given you like none other? Don't forget you are sons. You are daughters. That the father is looking at you and saying, that's my boy. That is my girl right there. That's what I'm talking about. He's like, don't you forget the privilege you have through Jesus Christ to be adopted into his home, forgiven of your sin. It comes from Proverbs chapter three, verses 11 and 12, this next couple of verses of quote. This is the declaration or the exhortation of them as sons. It starts out, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. My son, like your family, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Now, when you think of the word discipline, just go ahead and think of the word for a moment. Think of a best definition of that, discipline. Okay, make sure you get it. 
All too often, we tend to try to understand Scripture by how we understand the English word, and we just have to make sure we understand the whole breadth of the original language word, okay? So the best understanding of this word here is probably instruction, discipline, instruction. Now, there's times where this instruction will come with a little sting, and maybe that's the discipline you were thinking about, like when you discipline a child, and you're thinking about the moment where you're walking them through helping them to stop something, right? And that's part of it, but it's more than that. It's the whole package of training this one to know and run better. In other words, he's saying, run with endurance, and you're not alone. Your God is right there with you. You hang on because he is going to be teaching and he is going to be training. He's going to be instructing you in the way to go. He's like, my son, do not regard lightly the instruction, the discipline, the training of the Lord. I just broke it down this way. Think of the word discipline in these three areas. Ready? You might want to write them down. Number one, instruction, like information, right? Helping you to understand information. Number two, teaching you what to let go of. That's sometimes where a little bit of a sting might need to be involved. That's the discipline you may think of with a parent disciplining a child. Teaching to let go of something. Like that isn't what you wanna be around. You don't wanna be doing that. And being able to help that come through. And then the next is, and teaching you what to run after. It's both the positive and the negative reinforcement. It's helping you to go in your life and run with endurance. Dude, you are not alone. This battle cry is not, I know the world is broken. Just give it a try. Everybody say, not that. I know this world is broken, but you are not alone. So you run. You run with all you have and you don't stop. You let your God shape and change you. You put it all on the line, all for God and his glory. May he be lifted up. May we run with endurance. Everybody say run. That's our goal as we go after it. He says, and nor be weary when reproved by God. Nor be weary when we are reproved by God. Weariness is when we focus on the weight. Weariness is when we refuse to admit we're wrong. Weariness will come to your soul when you demand you are right and you will not hear ways that you were wrong. That will bring weariness. And he's like, hang on. God is leaning in. God is going to walk you along a path. And now the word changed here. He used the different word, reproved. This is now speaking to the teaching you to let go of. And as God is shaping you and teaching you to let go, don't grow weary. Oh, great. Another thing I'm wrong on. Okay, Lord, I'm ready to set this down. May you get all the glory. Oh, okay, God, I'm wrong with that. Then I'm wrong with that. You've saved me from that. What do you want done? And we grow weary when we demand we're right no matter what. We grow weary when we demand that the weights have to be stared at, not Jesus our Savior. May we be careful along the way. Okay? He says, for the Lord disciplines those he loves. For the Lord instructs those he loves. For the Lord shapes you to know what to let go of because he loves you. For the Lord shapes you to know what to grab onto and what to run after because he loves you. 
Your God is invested into your life in massive ways. Your God loves you. Let me say it again. Your God loves you. You are not alone in this run. We aren't called to run with endurance to try to just do it all ourselves. Him with you, perfecting you, growing you, shaping you, instructing you, you and your God on the run of your life. You're running with the Olympic gold medalist. He's laid it down. He's run before you and he knows exactly what he's doing. Are you in? May Jesus get all the glory. He says, not only does the Lord love you, he says, and he chastises every son whom he receives. Chastises. This is speaking to the sting side of discipline. And this is teaching to the let go plan. I need you to know some things you need to let go of. And yes to the whole of it, instructing, informing, and teaching to the positives and what we need to go after. And those are great parenting moments, right? And God does that in our lives. And yes to teaching us to let go of things. The chastising is the little sting that comes with or maybe even bigger sting if it needs to be there to teach us to let go. And man, parents, just a little heads up when it comes to Parenting 101. Take a look at how God parents. Notice the words he's using. And and teaching our little ones to not do something may require something to be done in involvement with them that helps bring a little bit of sting so they understand not that, right? Careful with just straight negotiation techniques, right? It's like a lot of times we treat parenting like hostage negotiation. And we're trying to talk them through and we just don't wanna lose somebody, you know? And like, that's not it, man. We're walking through, we're in charge as parents and we're shaping them, we're helping them to be informed. We're helping them to know what to let go of and what to run after. And sometimes a little bit of a sting in some way treatment there that they understand that won't be as good for me. And amen to that. Make sure you are not just doing straight up permissive parenting. You know, the kind where everything is all about just conversation. Conversation, conversation, conversation. There is a point where you have to get to and now you're gonna do what you're asked. I love you, bud. That has to be there. Just make sure you're parenting that way, okay? Ready? And all of God's parents said. There's a lot to work out on that and I'm not saying it's easy, but you do need to lean in. See that God is a God who does recognize the little bit of a sting that needs to come on that part of the teach, okay? All right. Know this. If you are saved, your God loves you and he's working with you to bring you along. If you are looking to your king, know this. He is running alongside you. He has run the race ahead of you and your God has it in hand. He is looking to strengthen your soul. Are you in? May we run with Jesus Christ with all we've got. May we run with endurance because he is with us. Everybody say, him with me. Let's say it louder, let's say it bigger. Him with me. That's our hope as we go after this year of fervency and resolve. And all of God's people said, let's pray.